20, 30 years, tell people that the reason why you still can't go on long hikes or have to take an inhaler or what have you is because you went to a bar or didn't think it was a big deal. I'm Dr. Lisa Fitzpatrick, founder of Grapevine Health and your host of the Grapevine Health Podcast, a podcast highlighting stories, health insights, and experiences of community members. We started this podcast because too often discussions and decision-making about health and the healthcare system don't include perspectives from the people we serve. So listeners, if you have a personal story or an experience from working in the community or on the front lines of healthcare, contact us and we might have you on the show. This week, my guest is Willow Fortunoff, a 22-year-old who once considered herself invincible against COVID-19. She's here today to tell her story about what it's like to struggle with long COVID and to encourage other young people to take the pandemic seriously. Willow, welcome. Welcome to the Grapevine Health Podcast. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, so tell us uh, about you just a little bit. um, And then I want to talk to you about long COVID. Yeah, sounds good. Um, So I am a senior at McAllister College, about to graduate. And I got COVID last summer um, when I was staying with a friend in California. And generally, I'm a super active person. Um, Try to be running or working out at least every day, at least once every day. And I really love playing ultimate frisbee and hiking. Um, (laughs) And a lot of those things have definitely been impacted um, this past year since getting COVID. And were you surprised you got COVID? Yes, definitely surprised. It didn't feel real for a while because I got it so early on and there was still, it still felt like there was a lot of stigma. And so I didn't really know how to break the news to family or friends. I actually waited a little bit to tell people because I figured, you know, I'm young, I'm healthy, I can just take care of this myself, and I don't want to be a burden on anyone else. Wow. So why do you think having COVID is stigmatized? I think it just, it sets up such natural barriers between people because you're immediately seen as a risk to anyone around you. And so I personally just felt like if I told people, um, first, they would reflect poorly on me because there was a sense that COVID can be avoided. And I'd been taking all the precautions yet since I got it, I must have been doing something wrong. And so I think I was just embarrassed on the first hand. Um, But then also I was so worried that if I told family or friends, they would want to reach out and that I might um, endanger them. So luckily I was very far away from my family because I think some of them would have wanted to be closer. But, you know, at one point when it was getting a little bit serious, my mom mentioned that she would want to come out and, you know, fly and help if the, if the situation was getting worse. And that was my worst nightmare. You know, I didn't want anyone to, um, or I didn't want my situation to hurt anyone around me. Mm-hmm. And so we met because you were having quite a few symptoms, even after you first got your diagnosis. And we eventually realized that you were one of the unfortunate people who suffer from long COVID. So tell us what that's like. It's weird and very uncertain, I would say because there are so many symptoms that I would be experiencing and I wasn't sure if I could connect them back to COVID or if it was something completely unrelated. And there just wasn't a lot of information at the time. Um, And again, I 
I was in I was in the key demographic of people who ostensibly shouldn't really be affected by COVID, or so I thought in the moment. You know, 22, um, super active, tried to eat really well. You know, I thought it was just going to be something that would be gone within a week. Um, and actually, my friend also who I was living with also got COVID, and her symptoms were gone within a couple of days. And so it made me feel very weak, um, and again made me feel like I was doing something wrong when it's just it just affects people differently. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't, I never had a fever or a cough or any of the kind of classic symptoms that most people experienced, but I just felt like I was hit by a train when it came to fatigue and um, my body was so achy and tired. And then about a week in, I started having some pretty strange and confusing chest pain that I could only connect back to COVID. So how long did it take you to get over all of your symptoms completely or have you? See, I'm not really sure. <laughs> it's so hard. Oh. Well, so, I mean, I, I was no longer experiencing the fatigue and my chest pain, it was severely reduced probably three weeks in, I think around 20 days. Um, and that's when I, I think I tested negative around that time and I was cleared to travel um, by a doctor and I, you know, it was so confusing at that time. I was trying to figure out if I was contagious, if I was even still sick, if I was just, it was all in my head, you know? Um, but even after that time, even months after that initial diagnosis, I still felt chest pain when I was running. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I love to run and I would normally go, you know, at least three or four times a week. And I definitely felt it in my chest as I tried to get back out to run. It just felt like my chest was so constrained. I didn't have the same level of capacity as I did previously. And so doing little things would make me feel so tired. And I just didn't feel like I was in the same body that I'd been in before. Wow. And, and now what are you feeling? Are you feeling less of that about the same? Definitely less of that. I still have to stop and kind of allow myself to take deep breaths sometimes. Um, even right now, I just I felt it a second ago. Um, and I always can take a f- full deep breath. I haven't felt that stress. And I was early on, um, I guess a couple of months after I recovered, quote unquote recovered, I was diagnosed with bronchial spasms, which a doctor said could happen after you had COVID. Um, and so I had an inhaler. And so sometimes I use an inhaler before or after I run, but I'm very forgetful and often don't even remember where it is. But yeah. I think that that made me realize that it maybe has changed um, the way that my lungs work a little bit, at least for the time being. Yeah. So bronchospasm is, is what people with asthma experience. So there's definitely something happening in your lungs that's different. When did you first get COVID? Um, I think July 1st or 2nd. Wow. So Right. So we're July's uh, two or three months away. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So several months. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy you're sharing this story. And the reason I wanted to talk to you is because, and you've even raised some of the issues. A lot of young people don't think it's necessary for them to follow the public health guidance because, well, if I get COVID, it's not that big a deal. It's not really affecting me. And as you as you've just shared, that may not be the case for everybody. So, what's your advice to young people or people in your age group who think COVID's not a big deal? Yeah, I think 
It's really tricky because there's this over overwhelming sentiment that we are strong and that we are, you know, peak health um, of our lives and that we won't really be affected. And that the only reason why we should wear masks or take precautions is to protect other people. And I think that is absolutely important to recognize the way that your actions affect others, but we also can get um, hit really hard with this as well. And I think sometimes I feel like I'm invincible at this stage in my life. And this has just really humbled me and made me realize how easy it is um, to face a lot of the same just symptoms and experiences that people, you know, maybe in their 50s and 60s are facing or smokers or what, what have you. We still don't understand this <laughs> the sickness. And I spent so much time last July trying to look through, um, you know, medical research studies, things like that, trying to find any more information. My biggest takeaway was just that we don't know a lot about how it affects different groups and that you can't assume certain things based on maybe what happened to your friends or um, what happened to someone you saw online. You know, it, it's really easy um, for you just to get, get a bad case and you might not know why. And have you met other people with long COVID either in person or online? I think I, I listened to a few Andy Slavitt podcast episodes about. Oh, in the bubble. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I have not met anyone or spoken with anyone, although yeah. it would really help reduce some of that stigma. I think so. And just to push a little bit more on this notion that young people are not at risk for severe COVID. What if a young person says to you, well, you were just unlucky or, you know, this doesn't happen to us. So I still don't need to wear a mask or worry about going out to bars and doing whatever I want to do. What would you say to that person? (laughs) I know I'm totally putting you on the spot, but I think it's important for young people to hear from you because this is one of the groups we're having such a difficult time with right now. I think, so look, we have our whole, we think that we have our whole lives ahead of us. And what if this sickness does something to your lungs that you won't be able to recover from? Like I'm going to Colorado next week and I'm, there are all these hikes I want to do. And suddenly I'm thinking, what if, you know, these, these chest pains I've been experiencing sometimes when I go on long runs, what if that's worse at high altitude? all these precautions that I never thought I'd have to take or just new dynamics I never thought would emerge are suddenly happening. And I feel like, again, like I said earlier, I don't think I feel, I don't feel like my body is the same as it was previously. And, you know, we have so much time ahead of us and you want to preserve the parts of you that give you the most joy and energy. And for me, it is always my physical health and the um, physical tasks I'm able to do. And, you know, the way I'm able to push myself. And so we just don't know what this, what the sickness is going to do. And it might mess with your body in ways that you are, (laughs) you have no idea how to prepare for. And you could still be experiencing, you know, maybe 10, 20 years later. I think it's similar to how I look at, you know, smoking tobacco or um, reckless driving. It's just, we have, you just don't know what could happen. Sure. You maybe statistics would be in your favor and, the likely outcome is that you'd be fine and might just have a a funny story, but it would be so, so possible and incredibly detrimental for you to have these effects and then have to look back at it, you know, 20, 30 years, tell people that the reason why you still can't go on long hikes or have to take an inhaler 
or what have you is because you went to a bar or didn't think it was a big deal. Yeah, there's a lot of power in your story, Willow. I appreciate your bravery and talking about it so openly. Uh, I just have one more question. It's related to the vaccine because uh, similarly, um, now the vaccines are available to um, young people as well. And I'm hearing a lot of uh, refusals for a lot of the same reasons. Oh, well, I had COVID. It wasn't so bad. Or, uh, well, I'm not that worried about COVID. What are your thoughts about vaccines? So I am lucky to be living in Minnesota right now. And the state had some has made a lot of headway. So I had my first shot of Pfizer, I think, two weeks ago now. Um, and I mean, from a practical standpoint, if you can think about all the benefits that you'll be able to get, essentially, if you've had the vaccine, it just opens, it's starting to open up the doors again. Um, I know that certain bars, perhaps, if that's something that you'd want to do, certain bars are going to be open again, if you can show that you've had um, both vaccinations. And so I think from a practical standpoint, if you want to get parts of your life back, if you want to be able to go out and see people again and feel that social connection that we've all really been missing, then this is just one of the steps in that process. Even if maybe you think that you don't need it, why not just do it if it's offered to you? This is free healthcare. We're never going to see that in the States again. <laughs> we just take full advantage of the opportunity um, to get this. And even if you think maybe it won't apply to you, um, then you can see grandparents, you can see families and not, not have that lingering fear the doubt at the back of your mind that you could be harming them. Well, Willow, thank you so much for talking to me today. And I hope that you will help people just by sharing, you know, I think you've helped people just by sharing your story, letting them know they're not alone, but also highlighting uh, some of the, the dangers of continuing to see coronavirus transmission. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for being here and uh, good luck to you and to your health. <laughs> Thanks so much, Lisa. That was Willow Fortunoff telling us about her journey with long COVID and why she thinks young people should take the pandemic seriously. Thanks for listening to the Grapevine Health Podcast. Our producer is Nicholas Elias. Please like us on social media. You can find us at Grapevine Health on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, and on Twitter at Health Grapevine. Until next time, I'm Dr. Lisa, signing off.